Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with you as always. And in today's show, I'll be reacting to week one and previewing week two for fantasy football in 2022, not 2021. It's 2022. And I've been saying 2022 all offseason, but I'm used to saying 2021 because of the in-season episodes last year. And this is the way I'd introduce every reaction episode and waiver wire episode last year. So it is 2022. That means the NFL season is started for 2022. And wow, that was a fun week. It's going to be fun throughout the season. I missed the NFL. Wild, wild stuff happening. So there's a lot to talk about. Going to talk news, going to talk scoring leaders and busts, going to talk waiver wire. And that's what we do on these Tuesday shows recorded prior to Monday Night Football. But other than that, we're reacting to everything. Then on Wednesday, it's big questions, starters, sit, booms, and busts. Sometimes some trade talk as well for guys you should buy low and sell high in fantasy. So yeah, pretty quick hitter episodes, getting you all the information you need to know. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF, at SGF pod for the podcast. Let's get into the news. First piece of news, Dak Prescott is out at least six weeks after surgery on his throwing hand. He got hurt in the Bucs game on Sunday night football. This is very brutal for the Cowboys who already seem to have their playoff hopes potentially slipping away. It's going to be brutal for this offense. This is going to be a big hit for CeeDee Lamb, a big hit for Ezekiel Elliott as defenses are keying on him as well. Just when it seemed like he might have a bit of a resurgence. So I'm off of Ezekiel Elliott once again. I was... Uh, very interested in him this year. He wasn't too productive last game, but now it's going to be Cooper Rush, and it's just hard to trust anybody in this offense except maybe Dalton Schultz, who's going to be relied on as a tight end no matter what it seems like pretty much. So just brutal stuff. Prescott's gone for a while, and the Cowboys might be screwed. T. Higgins suffers a concussion. He missed Sunday's game or missed the end of it. Might not play next week. If he doesn't, Tyler Boyd is a great start. Jamar Chase gets a slight upgrade. Maybe a slight downgrade for Joe Burrow as well, who struggled with interceptions in that game, but then recovered of a decent fantasy output. Elijah Mitchell is going to be out about two months with a knee injury. We're going to talk about his backup in waiver wire in just a bit. But of course, for Mitchell owners, he's going to be out about half the season. Throw him on your IR if you have one. This stinks because I have Mitchell in one of my main leagues, and I'm really annoyed because I thought he was going to be very, very good this year. So... There's a guy you want to pick up, though, in this backfield, of course, that I'm going to talk about later. He's going to be the top waiver wire pickup of the week, and I'll probably try to grab him in my league and pay some good good fab money for him so that I have another quality running back on that roster. Waiver wire. These are guys that are rostered in 40%. Oh, wait, never mind. I didn't click the uh, – I, I skipped reactions, and I also didn't click the button to play the music. So reactions, then waiver wire. Okay, time for reactions. I like skipped right over that. Let's look. These are our scores for PPR scoring on NFL Fantasy. So let's check the leaders. Guys who did great. Patrick Mahomes, 34.9 fantasy points. He went off against Arizona. It was a shootout game, and the Chiefs dominated. What? And, I mean, Josh Allen, the quarterback, too, in another expected shootout game. These guys are locked and loaded every week in your lineup. Carson Wentz showed his ability as a streaming option. Despite throwing two picks, he had four touchdowns. He had 313 yards and a two-point conversion. Like Carson Wentz, he might not be a consistent real life quarterback, but he's a good streaming option. And this Jaguars defense was ready to be picked apart by him. Jalen Hurts as well, just dominant as always with that huge rushing floor and 90 rushing yards on the ground. He's great. Herbert did well against the Chargers as well. And then Jameis Winston had a solid game, which makes sense against a soft Falcons defense. Busts at the quarterback position. 
We saw Tom Brady not really perform up to expectations. I think that's kind of an anomaly. They didn't really need to dominate the Bucs on offense. The Bucs didn't need to dominate on offense because the Cowboys just had nothing whatsoever. Trey Lance had a decent rushing floor, but just had nothing through the air. I think we'll see better days from him, but it's a bit worrying that he didn't play too well in the opening game. So something to monitor. He makes him a slightly more risky. Aaron Rodgers just had nobody to throw to a wide receiver and was stifled by Minnesota. Dak Prescott got hurt. Matthew Stafford just had an inconsistent game. I think we'll see bounce backs from most of these studs here, in my opinion. Checking on the running back position. Saquon Barkley is back. He was the top running back of the week against Tennessee. 164 rushing yards, six receptions, which is awesome to see. That looks exactly like a Barkley of old stat line, and it is great to see that he's going to get the ball through the air and on the ground, and Brian Dable really seemed to improve this offense and an upset win over Tennessee. Good stuff for the Giants. Jonathan Taylor, the RB2, no surprise against Houston. DeAndre Swift, he's still great. This is why he was worth a first-round pick, because he dominated against Philly. Kareem Hunt is an interesting one potentially already looking like a value as he was the RB4. I think people forget sometimes that Kareem Hunt has a safe floor and he's got that ceiling too because he got a couple touchdowns, some good yards and dropped a top four fantasy finish. Cordero Patterson, this I'm going to take an early victory lap on because I was hyping him all offseason as a screaming value in the late rounds at running back. People were just forgetting about him. It seemed like there was really no competition added and he continues to dominate with 120 rushing yards and against New Orleans. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got a couple touchdowns. That was good to see. I think he's going to be pretty touchdown dependent for the most part. Dontrell Hilliard had a couple of fluke touchdowns. This is still not a guy you're starting with Derrick Henry in that offense. And then Joe Mixon had a nice game. A.J. Dillon had a nice game as well. I think we're going to see some of that when the Packers need to rely on a run a lot as they did last week because they didn't have any running back or any good wide receivers. And then Antonio Gibson. One thing to keep an eye on, seven receptions. We'll see if that sticks. I don't know if it will, but he looked healthy and he looked really explosive in the receiving game. So that was good to see. And Carson Wentz was willing to throw him the ball. Wide receiver. And I mean, a lot of that was because he was lining up as a wide receiver, which is huge. Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver one. He's dominant. He's going to be great. Cooper Cup, the wide receiver two. Javon, Devontae Adams, the wide receiver three. Jamar Chase, the wide receiver four. Michael Pittman, the wide receiver five. Stephon Diggs, the wide receiver six. A.J. Brown, the wide receiver seven. Guys, is this any more? This was a shockingly, shockingly predictable wide receiver week. All the top guys doing great. I think people who faded A.J. Brown were being a bit silly. I've said that for a while. And I think Michael Pittman, I always have been hyping him as of late, especially as a mega breakout candidate for even beyond what he did last year. So good to see both these guys succeed. Michael Thomas as well, the wide receiver eight. MT's back. Can't guard Mike. Two touchdowns against Atlanta. That was a risky pick for you, but it looked really good. He did well in the second half. I think the connection with Jameis Winston's only going to build, and he's worth a start in your fantasy leagues in the future. Notable guys. I mean, Curtis Samuel at wide receiver 12. Who expected that? He was getting a ton of targets. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver 17, didn't score touchdowns. So that's why he wasn't so great, but he got a ton of targets and was getting open and had eight catches for 94 yards. So that's a pretty good stat line as well. Back to running backs real quick because I realized I forgot to go through the guys who kind of just busted. Damian Pierce. No, he was terrible. I think we'll see better things. He dropped a touchdown pass. So did Travis Etienne, actually. But Etienne did do a little bit better, although still poorly. Derrick Henry didn't get in the end zone. They didn't end up. I mean, he got a lot of carries. 
looked kind of like himself, but just didn't get the massive game you hoped for. Zeke was more just meh Zeke. I think I, t- I told you to sit Zeke last week against this tough Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line. And like I said, him performing badly here, That I said that before the game, and I'm going to say it now. It's not an indictment of him necessarily because the Bucs defense is really good. And the cow- he Zeke was game scripted out of this one. But I think he's going to be game scripted out of more and more because this Dak Prescott injury changes things a lot. Other than that, um, Mike Davis was really horrible. I hope you didn't pick him up and start him last minute like I did when J.K. Dobbins got ruled out. Other than that, Ramondre Stevenson kind of busted. Elijah Mitchell went out early. That was it. Wide receivers, let's go take a look at who busted this week at the wide receiver position. Didn't see much from Elijah Moore. He actually, or actually, I mean, shouldn't say that. He ended up getting five for 49. We weren't seeing much from him for a lot of the game, which was the thing. Adam Thielen was meh. Chris Godwin was meh. That was expected because Godwin's been dealing with the injury. Um, Traylon Burks was actually, I mean, he wasn't a disappointment necessarily didn't get into the end zone but had over 50 receiving yards was pretty good um cd lamb very very disappointing that's not what you wanted to see from a guy who's was a popular breakout pick always thought cd lamb was overvalued didn't think this would happen of course but definitely overvalued other than that t higgins went out with a concussion amari cooper just couldn't do much with jacoby Brissett at qb kenny galladay was bad as usual that's not even a surprise anymore russell gage didn't do much for you yeah, they're going on to tight ends. And by the way, guys, of course, it's just week one. These games matter, but they don't matter that much. I like to take week one victory laps. I've taken a couple on this episode kind of jokingly. So don't necessarily buy it, of course, because, I mean, things change. It's just one week. There's no larger trends to look at just yet. Tight end one on the week. Guess who it was? Answer, Travis Kelsey. Yes, he always should have been the tight end one in fantasy. Off the uh, uh, Drafted over Mark Andrews who was the tight end 10. I mean, he still played pretty well. Nothing against Mark Andrews, but Kelsey was the better option. He went crazy. OJ Howard had two catches and two touchdowns. That's He's the new Darren Fells in Houston, it seems like, because he just went nuts and was the tight end too. He didn't start him. Taysom Hill ran for 81 yards and a touchdown. I don't know why Taysom Hill had another long, massive touchdown run, but he did. And then Gerald Everett picked up a touchdown. He's going to be at an interesting streaming play week to week. He was the tight end four this week, but he only had three catches. That shows you how bad the tight end position is. Schultz looked good. Fryermuth looked good. That was nice to see that him get he got relied on. Waller was solid. Conklin and Ertz got in the end zone. Andrews was good. Hayden Hurst actually got five catches for the Bengals. And that's he, Hurst is an interesting play to monitor next week without T. Higgins. So keep an eye on that. Busts on the week. Uh, Robert Tunyon wasn't so great, but he's also coming off that ACL injury. Nothing too much expected from him. Not a ton of massive tight end busts, I guess, other than Kyle Pitts, who had two receptions for 19 yards. He's going to pick it up. I think that's just a kind of a fluke game. Didn't really end up doing well. Hunter Henry didn't do much either. Dawson Knox was really terrible. I've been fading Knox throughout the offseason. I hope you didn't draft him. Mike Gesicki did literally nothing. Same with Gesicki. Been fading a lot out of him. Never draft him in the middle rounds. Other than that, that's pretty much it. Let's move on to the last segment of today, Waiver Wire. These guys are rostered in 40% or less of ESPN leagues prior to Monday Night Football. First, Jeff Wilson. Of course, you got to add Jeff Wilson because he's the lead running back in this 49ers offense. There's a lot of weapons there. He's likely to be somewhat productive. He's done it in the past. Robbie Anderson. Oh, he had over 100 yards and a touchdown with Baker Mayfield. How about that? 
eight targets, led the team. Go look for him because obviously he was unproductive last year. Obviously, he's been inconsistent throughout his career. But developing that early connection with the new quarterback, that's really huge. And he was the best at it in week one. Khalil Herbert, nine carries for 45 yards. He was interesting, and he was more efficient than David Montgomery was. And he got more work than he usually does. I think this team's trusting him. Corey Davis actually had like nine targets, caught six of them for 77 yards. Worth a look because Joe Flacco trusted him in week one, and we're going to see more Joe Flacco coming up. So if Davis is the leading receiver for this team, that could be pretty productive or one of the leading receivers. Then Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson. Neither went crazy. Both had decent target shares. Watson would have gone crazy if he hadn't dropped a 75-yard touchdown on the first play of the game, but he got that look and he got open. So that's half of it. So the other half is to catch the ball. But these guys are worth a look. If Lazard comes back, they probably take a bit of a hit. They're risky, but I think one of them is going to end up being productive based on a week-to-week basis. Others, we saw Devin DuVernay catch a couple touchdowns, four catches in the game as well. He could have a bit of a role with Hollywood now gone. And Isaiah Pacheco, he mostly got late game work, but did look really good. 12 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. So a guy to keep an eye on there. But those are the main guys. Not a massively strong waiver wire week. I think the only one you're dropping significant fab on is Jeff Wilson. Other than that, these guys are just pickups if you can. Maybe spend a few bucks. That's pretty much all for me. But Jeff Wilson's the main target for this week. So that wraps up the show. Thank you guys for listening. I hope this helps. Good luck on your waiver wires. Good luck when waivers run for the first time on Wednesday. I'll be back Thursday with uh, starter sit, booms and busts, and big questions. That's going to be a lot of fun. Be sure you subscribe. Follow on Twitter at SGFpod at Calvin underscore SGF. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed week one. I'll see you next time.